Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Today's question is, how can ESFJs be more creative? Great question. I'm loving these Acolyte questions that we're getting. They're, they're pretty good. It's nice to get some questions uh, for sensors because there's not very many of them. And uh, it's nice to have some ESFJ representation here on the YouTube channel. If you would like uh, your questions answered, uh, just become Acolyte members, csjoseph.life forward slash members, become a journeyman member. If you already are a journeyman member, go to csjoseph.life forward slash portal and upgrade your account on the Acolyte page as presented on the membership portal. You get one question a month that you get to ask me and it'll be turned into a video uh, or a podcast episode that will be released here on YouTube and on the podcast so that we all can learn together as ego hackers. And I would like to give special thanks to the Acolytes out there who have definitely made this choice. They're getting coaching credits. They have full access to all of our uh, private content that's behind our journeyman paywall. And uh, they're also uh, getting these, these questions where we all can learn. So it's really fantastic. And uh, you know, basically for 300 bucks, you can get yourself a type verification session as well as, a, as well as all the private content and also three questions, three months worth of questions to get your answers that you really want. I mean, who wouldn't want a deal like that, you know? Especially when I'm criticized by, by people like Eric Thor being like, oh, you know, Mr. C.S. Joseph, he charges too much. He's evil because he does this. And it's like, the reality of the situation is, is that it's not, uh, that's just not what's happening. I mean, we have really good deals out there. We're not charging an arm and leg here. We're actually trying to help people, you know, and all of your financial contributions definitely uh, help us keep the lights on and doing what we're doing here within the ego hacker community to uh, basically uh, reduce fatherlessness and basically allow us to have much better relationships and better lives uh, as people. So anyway, how can an ESFJ be more creative? You know, ESFJs oftentimes feel suffocated. They feel stifled in their life because they're so supportive to others. They have this, they've created this support structure for other people, but they don't have a lot of time to spend exploring their own creative pursuits, exploring that ISFP unconscious side of their mind, which is very artistic. It's very creative. And sometimes they create new systems, new procedures, maybe a new website, maybe some kind of work of art of some kind. Maybe it's a song, you know, for example, like songwriting or poetry or uh, painting, you know, it, it just, or maybe it's, uh, you know, creating the ultimate uh, cottage experience for an Airbnb. Who knows? The sky's limit. It just really comes down to level of creativity. The thing is, is that the ESFJs, often are bogged down by responsibilities in their life. Responsibilities, uh, like, you know, because they, they are this support structure. I know of this one ESFJ woman who really cares about her legacy, and part of her legacy is that she had seven children. That's a lot. That's a lot of children. That's a lot of support that she has had to give, and a lot of duty and a lot of obligation that she has given to her, to her children. So, so as a result of that, they end up becoming support structures for the family, which basically leaves ESFJs not very much time to focus on their creative pursuits. Same thing goes with ESFJ men. They get very involved with their careers because they're trying to be that provider, that support structure for their own families, and they often do not have enough time for their own creative pursuits. And they just entirely lack that creative freedom in or, uh, because of the support structure, right? 
Creative freedom is everything. But here's the thing, in order to be able to create, you have to have freedom first. You have to have freedom of choice. You have to make sure that, you know, you can set your obligations aside. Some big time uh, drinking events, kind of like Coeur d'Alene Mardi Gras right now. It's kind of fascinating. Anyway, so, but that's the thing, like, the ESFJ, and this is one of the reasons why ESFJs actually use their covert contract manipulation because it's like, hey, I've been this huge support structure. You know, I've, I've been here for you. I've been extremely supportive this whole time, but I need support. And sometimes they force people in their lives that are within the support structure that they've provided to other people to basically, um, <laughs> to basically do that, which is really sad if you think about it. It really is. It really is sad for them because it's like you know they, they end up feeling like slaves, you know. And this is actually you can see this like of ESFJ men where they they often have the the high chair tyrant within their king energy because the king energy from you know king warrior magician lover it's one of the archetypes of the mature masculine. The king is supposed to be a liberator. The king is supposed to be a blessing. The king is supposed to be generative to other people within their lives. That's what matters. It matters the most. It matters the most to those, uh, you, know, uh, you know, to the king energy and the king archetype. And I often see ESFJs being really supportive and being all about in their king energy. The problem is though, is that when they start getting covert contracty, they start to feel like slaves. Slaves to their own support structure that they are providing to other people. Slaves to their own kingdom, basically and it causes them to become a tyrant, very tyrannical, very controlling, very covert contracting. Basically, they start taking pe things from people that they've given to them within their support structure or forcing other people within their support structure to be support structures to themselves, and it's extremely unhealthy. And the women do this as well, but it, you know, from a feminine energy perspective, what they do is that they start expecting to get outcomes from people within their support structure, especially the man in their life as well. And that too can cause everything to fall apart and fall to pieces in their lives. And they end up actually alienating other people in the process. But it really, but one of the reasons why this happens is because they don't have enough freedom to create. They just don't. And here's the thing, open mouths get fed. ESFJs oftentimes walk in quiet desperation because they often feel, again, like slaves to the support structure that they've created, especially to their families, especially to their teams at work or anything that they're doing within their career. They end up feeling like slaves, and this is what causes them to be motivated to covert contract and manipulate people in their lives. If you want to learn more about covert contracts, I highly recommend you understand the difference between caretaking versus caregiving, which is the virtue and vice of ESFJs, and that is basically talked about heavily in season seven and season seven is available here on youtube uh, season seven playlist is here available on youtube and also on the podcast you can watch that or listen to that for free so you can get educated more about covert contracts right so from that point of view it really comes down to okay well if i'm going to explore my creative side as an esfj i need to have a support structure i need to have freedom that's literally what you need so what you have to do is that you have to utilize NI Trickster and turn it into NI Mastery and you have to learn how to ask. People are not just going to offer it to you. You have to have enough willpower to at least ask the people in your support structure for some space. 
ask for some space. You need solitude. The ISFP archetype is behind the scenes. It is its most creative when it has the solitude to create. And solitude is important. So you need to get to a point where it's like, hey, you know, I can't be really supportive of you folks right now or today. I need some time on my own to have some solitude. And then through that solitude, they'll be able to have freedom within that solitude to actually pursue your various creative pursuits as an ESFJ. This is how you do it. This is what that means. This is why that's actually important. And every single one of them need this in their life. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with an ESFJ to ask people within their, with the support structure that they've created for others, to ask that support structure to be like, hey, I need some time for myself right now. I need some space for myself right now to be able to go for these creative pursuits. It's a really, really big deal. It is absolutely critical. It is extremely important that ESFJs have this opportunity. And it's not wrong. It's not wrong for ESFJs to ask for this. Now, where it goes wrong for ESFJs is that they'll, they'll take that time without even asking. They'll take that time without letting people know, hey, I need, the, I need some solitude. I need to be able to have some freedom to actually pursue my creative pursuits. I need a day off from being the supporter. Can I get your support right now? Especially in the context of a sexual relationship. Can I get some support right now from you so I can go fulfill these creative pursuits, right? It's perfectly natural, it's perfectly okay. And here I am giving you ESFJs out there absolute you know, you know, justification to go out there and literally just ask. It's okay, ask these people. I need some time right now, state what you need, okay? I need some time to be able to explore these creative pursuits and I need the freedom to be able to do that, okay? Please support me. And you don't have to, and people already know how supportive you are. You don't have to remind them that you have been supporting this whole time. Don't use your extroverted thinking demon to, to remind people and be like, hey, you know, you owe this to me. No, don't do that. Just let them know it's like, hey, you know, I've made the support structure for you guys, but I need to be supported too. You know, this, this family is for me too. This team is for me too. This business is for me too. It's not, just, it's not just for y'all, it's for me as well. And I need, I need this. I need this opportunity to go be creative. Because if an ESFJ doesn't have that solitude, if the ESFJ does not have that freedom, they will never be able to pursue their creative pursuits and further develop their ISFP unconscious or their ISFP shadow, which can really suck. It can really suck for them. And then they feel stifled. They feel like they're not able to get their cognitive origin of discovery. They feel like they're not able to actually have the opportunity to explore that part of them. And that is definitely something absolutely necessary for an ESFJ. Because if they don't get that, guess what's gonna happen? Midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, various life crises will actually occur. Literally, because of that concept. It's going to happen. And guess what? When an ESFJ has a life crisis, because they are usually the centerpiece of the support structure of their own families or people in their business or people at work within their career, everyone else is going to get taken down with them during their life crisis. So it's important that you ESFJs recognize that it is your duty, it is your responsibility consistently, your responsibility to make sure that you are asking for help. 
let go of your pride and ask for help. Ask for support, okay? Ask for that solitude. Ask for that freedom. Ask for that time for you to be able to invest within your own creative pursuits because you are worth it. Your FI nemesis may not know what is valuable, but your FI nemesis absolutely knows what isn't valuable, right? And let me tell you something, it is not valuable for an ESFJ to not utilize the freedom and the solitude required of the ISFP uh, unconscious or your ISFP shadow to be able to do these things. It is absolutely critical. On top of that, we actually go in pretty in depth on this in our course that's coming out called Ego Hacking Your Fear. We have a nice ESFJ section. We talk about this. We have this concept known as the silver bullet and how they can uh, you know, achieve ultimately mastery in their lives you know, to be able to do these sorts of things so that they actually can reach their cognitive origin of discovery. They absolutely can get over their fear and ego hack themselves so they're no longer afraid of what they know, right? They're no longer afraid of being stupid. They're no longer afraid of not knowing what's up or not knowing the truth. And they can basically then aspire with their own introverted thinking and maybe engineer entirely awesome creative solutions. But that's not going to be even possible if you ESFJs out there do not have the space, the time, and the solitude and the freedom that your ISFP shadow needs in order to be creative in the first place. It's absolutely required. So make sure Make sure that you convene with your support structure, the people that you are supporting, and ask them for their support of you while you are on this creative journey. It's absolutely necessary. So yeah, you want to get on Ego Hacking Your Fear? It's egohackingyourfear.com. Uh, Pre-order is out now. It's $97. It's going to be $150 uh, after, after it's released. So get in on the pre-order pricing right now. Check that out. And also when you get uh, the course, you automatically get season 19 and season 14 part one for free just for being a customer, uh, just for being getting your pre-order in uh, for Ego Hacking Your Fear. So check that out. I guarantee you it will be life-changing. It's like 30 hours of video content, has all the 16 types represented. And uh, I mean, it was many times throughout the course and filming it with John Bodine, it was very tear-jerking and very interesting uh, as you utilize uh, the guidance circuit and the gateway circuit of each of the 16 types to help people learn how to ego hack themselves so that they can get into their aspirations so they don't have to be in the grips of fear in their life and instead turn their fear into aspirations so that they can have the most meaningful, uh, the happiest and the best lives possible as they continue their journey on cognitive integration as well as um, uh, uh, enlightenment basically. So. Anyway, folks, thanks for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.